Hey guys, welcome to episode 5, if not mistaken, of Raw. And for those who listen to it for the first time, Raw is just basically a, not a pre-made episode. It's just a rant of ideas, thoughts, and maybe theories <laughs> I had recently. And in this episode, I'd like to talk to you about perception. About human perception, how it works, why it works and some strange theories I have about how we perceive certain products if you just change their name and a wallpaper. <laughs> Sounds weird, but yeah, let's get into it. So I was reading this book um, called Alchemy by Rory Sutherland, and it's a really great book for those who prefer a roller coaster of ideas about human behavior and how it works and different great examples of how they work. And at one point I was reading about how we perceive the um, clothes uh, washing powder, uh, which you use for the washing machine. So um, in an example, if you would give, let's say, to choose between example A, a basic white uh, powder and example B, same white powder, but with some red sprinkles on it so like just little red dots on it and then if you just randomly ask people without any context without putting a brand name without giving them details which one is more effective and so on what does it contain you just would ask people which one is more effective and efficient and which one would you choose and weirdly enough people always choose the powder of sprinkles. Even if that adds nothing, you would always choose the powder of sprinkles. So why, you would ask yourself? Well, it's because evolution. And this is something ingrained in us. This is not cheating. Um, this is not manipulating. This is how evolution made us survive as a species nature gave us this skill of surviving and i'll give you an example that how it works in nature so for example um, you walk through a forest and you see some berries right how do you know when to pick up one when it's colored color gives you a suggestion that the fruit is ripe and good to eat if the berry would have been green or i don't know blended colors with the with a bush or a tree it grows on you wouldn't pick it up Nature uses these type of signals to help you navigate this world. So this is something ingrained in us. This is so-called perception that allows us to make better choices. And it can come in different forms. Um, for example, the Coke Zero or Light has to be less sweet than the original Coke because otherwise you won't believe it that it doesn't have sugar. Um, it's weird enough to advanced users. It doesn't make I'm a Coke fan. <laughs> I drink a lot Coke Zero and it's a little bit of a difference. But to some it doesn't make sense. But it, that's the way how it works on us. The same way you see the, if you know, the Colgate toothpaste, which has like a red stripe and a blue stripe in it. Right, So you think like it has some sort of extra layers of how it can help your teeth, right? <laughs> I think everybody saw this advertising. 
Weirdly enough, they add nothing. But the same as as with the example with the powder, with the web washing powder, uh, clothes washing powder, uh, is the same example. If I would give you a white toothpaste and a toothpaste with white and uh, blue uh, with red and blue stripes on it, you would choose the second. Why? Because your brain actually perceives it as a more complex, it having some extra layers, and it does a better job. But in the end, when it gets into your mouth, it's basically the same <laughs> toothpaste as any other toothpaste on this planet. And weirdly enough, they made a special machine that actually makes those stripes. So like they go ideally into the tube, right? In the same uh, shape or form. It's pretty weird how much work they put into it. But yeah, that's how your brain perceives it as it's something that's more complex. And that's why you choose that one. Or here's another question for you. Why do you think less and less people smoke? Right uh, when it began, like this advent era, uh, era in the seventies, sixties, eighties, like everybody was smoking, right? Everybody was smoking, but suddenly less people smoke. Why is it happening? Well, it's because it was made uncool, not because it kills people or makes you unhealthy or any other reason, but because it was made uncool, right? It's pretty weird if you think about it. It kills you, it can kill you, but people still smoke it. And people quit smoking because it was made uncool. Just think about it, how perception, just perception of that can change the way you consume a product. Or here's another uh, great example. Um, Rory Sutherland has this great example in one of his TED Talks, where he says that previously, right, if you are at like a social party where everybody's just talking, drinking, uh, all the kind of stuff, having fun, you would go, I don't know, aside, take a cigarette, have, I don't know, a glass of whiskey, smoke that cigarette and look far into the window and just, I don't know, thinking, meditating, smoking. If ever somebody saw you, they would say, hmm, that guy is just, I don't know, looks like a bloody philosopher, right? He's thinking about something. He's philosophizing it, right? But now if you go and you don't smoke that cigarette, but you're just drinking and looking into the window, you look like a weirdo, like, I don't know, an antisocial animal <laughs> who can't communicate with others, right? And it's pretty weird. It was ingrained in us by movies and so on, right? That's like smoking is associated with philosophizing, uh, or like, I don't know, like philosophizing about something, being like a philosopher, thinker or something, you know? And again, this is a, a weird trick by perception, which works on all of us. And of course, it doesn't always work. Perception is very contextual, very contextual. And it may work in some contexts, it may not work in another context. For example, when I told you the example of the berries, right, with the colored fruits, right, this doesn't mean that you should color everything when we suddenly, uh, I, don't know, I don't know, pick up everything that's colored. No, it works in context. For example, it works in the context of when everything around is green and the berry is colored, I don't know, it's red or blue, right? It pops up, uh, pops out, and I don't know, you see it and you say, oh, I think, okay, I can eat it. And from these thoughts, one day I was just thinking and talking with a friend of mine, and we were talking about technology and tech. And specifically, we were talking about two companies. And this is Microsoft and Apple. And we were discussing how um, the operating system of MacBooks is perceived differently from the operating systems of any other laptop on the planet which uses um, Windows. I know there are um, 
other operating systems like Linux and so on, but we take the most popular ones, right? And from the most popular companies. And as a side note, I've been a user, a Microsoft user, like with all the software Windows since like the 90s, since Windows 95 came out, right? <laughs> so I switched to Apple only like, um, I think around three years ago or so. And I've been an Android user all my life. I've been a Windows user all my life. So I know both sides. I know what's good and what's bad on both sides. So it doesn't look like I'm biased on what I'm going to say next. And I was thinking about this, that if you look at Apple, what Apple does, each year they have this conference, their software conference, right? And where they announce new software, for example, for their smartphones or MacBooks and so on. And in this case, a new Mac OS, for example, right? And it's interesting that each year they give it a new name and a new wallpaper. So it's distinctive. So you can visually uh, see the distinction between it. What's interesting here is that sometimes their upgrades to the new versions are not that big, right? They're incremental, I would say. Um, that to any advanced user like, um, and in this case, advanced users, I mean like um, developers, designers, maybe uh, managers, really advanced managers, uh, product managers and so on, right? Uh, geeks and so on. It may look like a meh, right? Like nothing special. But I believe there is a deeper meaning in perception about that part. Now let's look at what Microsoft does. When Microsoft launched their Windows 10, it was a big event, right? Windows 10, refreshed Windows 10, the best so far. What's interesting about that is that they keep the same branding, right? The OS is the same, the branding is the same. Windows 10 remains the same. For Apple, it's the same OS, but they change the name and the wallpaper and I know the improvements of software, right? New maybe apps or changing of software. Same for Microsoft too. Meanwhile, Apple does an event out of it. Microsoft doesn't do it. They just continuously improve their products. And here is a very important thing of perception. When Apple introduces their new software, right? They call it, I don't know, let's say this year is OS Catalina, for example, right? And everybody says, oh my God, this is new. This is something new. This is from the eyes of an average user. Meanwhile, Windows stays the same. Let's say that Apple previously launched their previous OS was a bad version. People didn't quite like it, right? Next year, they changed the name of it and the wallpaper. And in the eyes of an average user, which are the most users, like 99% of the users and 99% of the customers, it looks like something new. They change their perception. Hey, we brought you something new. Meanwhile, the experiences you had with Windows, whether they're bad or good, doesn't matter. They stay the same because it's the same branding, same name and same wallpaper. It's really weird, <laughs> but I have this theory that by only by actually changing the name and the actual wallpaper, you can change the actual perception of users, right? Okay, I mean, not only the wallpaper and the name, but also like the software and so on, but an important role is the visual aspect. The name 
and the wallpaper, right? Remember the case with the berries, with the colors and so on? Yeah. So this is a theory that if Microsoft actually would have changed their naming of their Windows, let's say it would be like Windows 11, right? For example, each year they would change their Windows. Then the perception of how you perceive Microsoft products would be entirely different. But I have this theory that meanwhile, um, Apple is run, as some people say, only on magic, right? <laughs> that they sell only like air, air to everybody. Microsoft is run actually by highly rational people like geeks, developers, like highly rational people, not to offend anyone. Of course, not to offend anyone. And they think this is crap. This is complete bullshit. Like, how can you do that? I mean, it's like it's cheating. It looks like cheating. Meanwhile, to the normal user, this doesn't look like cheating. This looks like a fresh idea, like something new, like a refresh, like an improvement. And this way you can actually improve the perception of customers of your product, even though their experience was bad just by changing the name and the freaking wallpaper. It sounds nuts. You can actually change the perception of how they're going to work, think about your product, about your next version of the product. But they don't do it because they are appealing to hyper-rational people, which again is a very low margin of the market. So I think this is more uh, a thing of the bubble of a filter because everybody is in the same filter and they think about the same stuff all the time. And it also comes on the fact that while Apple plays on perceptions of selling you a perception of a better software, or I don't know, of a better experience. And again, I have to make another side note. I know to many people it's, it looks like bullshit, right? And it is most of the time, but it sells and it works. And they just keep selling this stuff, selling the perception of something that is better. And this is really important. Meanwhile, Microsoft has this tendency of so-called measure baiting. Okay. It's a weird term, <laughs> but it was um, initially coined by Ken Rockel. Um, he coined the term measure baiter. So to describe a type of um, photographer who is more interested in the theoretical performance of a camera than whether it takes great photos or not. Uh, like if the photographer can take great photos or not. So these folks have uh, folks have analysis paralysis and never accomplish anything. These people worry so much about trying to put numerical ratings on products that they are completely oblivious to that cameras or test charts that have nothing to do with the spirit of an image. So. Again, the measure bit is basically a person who is just stressing out the details, right? You see every every year, uh, for example, one, I don't know, I see it a lot with um, uh, YouTubers, tech YouTubers specifically, who continuously measure bait about how cool is this new laptop that is way better than, for example, Apple, right? And they charge twice less. Meanwhile, Apple's products are like a little bit underpowered, but they charge more. And... I think what a lot of people actually miss here is that Apple sells again the perception of better, the perception of something faster, 
and smoother and it is eventually because they make it with software and their products seem a little bit faster and smoother in certain times and this is an important aspect when you're trying to create great products you see um i think we achieved a certain limit to innovations uh, innovation technology in the world what i'm saying is because um, if you see that normal people are starting to invest in rockets right and starting opening rocket companies <laughs> you start realizing that i think we mostly invented um, everything <laughs> of course you create new products on a daily basis uh, but again um, we mostly achieved a certain peak of technology right and all you can do right now is actually sell perception sell perception of something better sell perception of something smoother sell perception of something faster and this is something not everybody is willing to accept uh, most of the people think uh, as in the case with a washing powder uh, or in the same case with apple and so on they think it's cheating is cheating that i change the name of my software and put a wallpaper and maybe here and there i improve the software and i gave it something new and better but the question is not whether it's cheating or not but whether people like it or love it or not and people love it people like it and they want it they want those perceptions right the same case with for example uber ever ask yourself what does uber sell Uber sells perception of control. There have been taxis before. Each city had taxis. Every city on the planet almost had taxis. There have been taxi companies. There have been even taxi apps before even Uber. There have been a lot of taxi uh, apps before even Uber. What Uber did better and why everybody now wants an Uber in their city is the perception of control of controlling the situation what uber is in the end is just a map but what that map does better is actually giving you control of time so for example previously before uber you had to call a taxi and they say i don't know the driver would be at your place like in 30 minutes or so right and you would have to wait for 30 minutes and you never know when the driver would be what driver would be yeah you, you've been told this is going to be i don't know uh, a nissan maybe and this is the taxi he's going to be at your door right and that's all so you have to be oh my god 30 minutes is it going to be 30 minutes like 25 minutes 20 minutes maybe later he's going to come uh, how driver how is the driver looking uh I don't know what kind of a car is that i don't even know what kind of a car is that uh, and so on meanwhile on uber's app you have this perception of control you can see on the map where the driver is you can see the time you can see the name of the driver you can see the face of the driver you can see the color of the car and even the car itself what uber does is sells you the perception of control because what people hate is not having control even if the control is fake right but only having the thought that you have control over something that's what's important to a lot of people now there is this great quote by um, again the most quoted person on this podcast uh, rory sutherland he says that the job of a designer is to be a translator 
the goal is to translate the objective reality and to create the right perceptual and emotional outcome. Again, to people, this looks cheating. On paper, it's hard to defend, right? I mean, you'd say, like, how can I defend this idea? But the thing that it works, it can't be neglected. It works all the time. The question is, are you going to be able to implement these perceptions into your business, right? There may be another app on the market as you. There may be a similar company with a similar service as you. The question is, are you able to change the perception rather than competing for the service? Now, in one of his talks, um, Peter Thiel, uh, for, those, for those who don't know, Peter Thiel um, is a first investor on Facebook, um, partner of Elon Musk. Uh, they both co-founded PayPal. And he has this great example in one of his talks where he says that you have to aim for monopoly and not competition. You have to aim for not competing with others, but creating your own lane so you can focus on your company and your product rather than focusing on competitors. You have to find a business niche in which you will not compete with anyone and can walk at your pace. Because sometimes your identity gets so wrapped up in competition, in beating someone around you, that you start to forget about what's truly important. And every day you come to work and your goal is to become better and better and lose sight of what is truly important for you, maybe your customers and so on. And it's an important note, it doesn't matter if you are a CEO of the company, a manager doing marketing or designer, it's an important idea that you have to keep in mind. Even as a designer, for example, you're designing a product and I don't know, for example, let's say you work for Lyft, right? And meanwhile, somebody works for Uber and your goal is to become better than Uber. Your goal isn't to become better than Uber. Your goal is to become better in your own lane, to create your own lane that Uber doesn't have. For example, I don't know, create a new service that Uber doesn't have, create a new feature that Uber doesn't have, but not um, creating that feature just for the sake of differentiating, but something that actually creates value uh, for your customers, uh, for your business and so on. And that is being unique at your own thing. Instead of focusing on the broader question, you dedicate yourself at becoming better of beating others, right? At their game. Meanwhile, creating your game is the goal. And after spending many years in the system, you can't imagine doing something different than what you're currently doing, right? I mean, what was your game? Your game was beating the competition all the time and you just become better and better and better at it. So you lose focus and one day you just wake up and you see, hey, I think I took it the wrong way. So changing behavior seems irrational after investing so much effort into your game. That's why it's important to realize about this type of things early on, early in the beginning. It doesn't matter if you're a designer, developer, CEO, and so on. Creating your own game is the goal. And you can do that by actually changing the perception of customers. How do you do that? You have to understand your customers. 
how do you understand your customers? Well, you have to live the life of your customer. I was having this um, uh, in one of my podcasts. I don't remember which guest I talked about on the podcast, but we talked about, he was giving this example of how the most successful entrepreneurs are those who have been like for 10 or 20 years in the their industry. And they know everything about the industry, how the industry works, how the industry changes, how the customers work, what the customers want, and so on. And when you're that much time in the industry, living the life of the user, living the life of the industry, you start realizing how you can change that behavior by being in the game, understanding it, and then trying to refocus the attention of people. That's how you can innovate. Because in the end, innovation is a change of behavior. Innovation isn't about bringing a new product. Innovation is about bringing a new change in behavior. Innovation is about making people act differently. Why Uber is an innovation? Because it made you act differently. It made you act, um, be in control of your own time, of your own self, and so on. Right? So there are multiple uh, components like this that change perception rather than the actual physical product. And you should understand that, that not everything that can be put down on paper, not everything that can be measured is important and not everything that is important can be measured again it's a bit of a play of <laughs> words here but in the end that's the game of actually creating uh, new perceptions of how users can perceive your product or service so yeah basically that's it for this episode um <laughs> maybe for some of you uh, it was a mess of ideas uh, but this is basically the theory I was having recently by ju just discussing with a friend and we were talking about uh, how actually Microsoft could improve the perception of their products by adopting a new approach to their brand strategy. Uh, but again, it comes down to the fact that it's ruled by hyper-rational people who think that it looks like cheating. Meanwhile, others use it and just basically take the game and are on top of it. And I mean, you can say to yourself, uh, numbers don't lie. And so yeah, basically that's it. Hopefully you got yourself something interesting from this episode. The book I was mentioning is called, once again, Alchemy by Rory Sutherland. It's recommended for those who wish to have a pleasant, funny, <laughs> and all types of feelings while reading a great book about um, human behavior. So yeah, that's it for this episode, and I'll see you in the next one. Cheers.